I was so comfortable, but this journey for me, it's just helping me be my most authentic self. Doing what's right in your heart, no matter what, and knowing that life's gonna work out as long as you have good intentions in your heart. And I do, and I think that this is scary, but getting comfortable being uncomfortable, I know that's where the most growth has ever come in my life. Singer, songwriter, model, podcaster, and more, Cassie Jade is this week's guest on Worldwide Celeb. She's all over my social media, my TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Make music from YouTube. The real. Behind every internet famous face you see in your scroll is a real person with an entire life offline. The freedom of expression. These are their stories. Are their stories. Hello and welcome to Worldwide Celeb, where we strip away the digital curtain and introduce you to the real people behind the personalities you see each and every day as you scroll through your feed, you click around the internet, or even listen to your favorite podcast. My name is Chris Kelly, and my guest on this episode is a singer and musician. She is a former radio personality turned podcaster and new Nashville local, originally from Montana via the deserts of Arizona. After a run in Phoenix Radio as a producer and on-air personality for a number of years, she turned her full attention to writing music and performing all over the Phoenix area while churning out song after original song. She was then hooked by the sights and sounds of Nashville, Tennessee, where she recently relocated to pursue her career in music more seriously, living the dream of all musicians and hoping to catch the ear of Music Row along the way. She's a content creator with a following across her social media platforms well into the six figures. She's also recently launched a new podcast called New Girl in Nashville, chronicling her journey as an up-and-coming singer-songwriter, someone navigating the social scenes of Nashville as well. She's very talented, beautiful soul, inside and out, very cool to hang out with. Cassie Jade, welcome to Worldwide Celeb. How's it going, Chris Kelly? Thanks for having me. It's uh, going well for me, thank you. So before we get started, in each and every episode, I give to our guest a secret word. It can be an ordinary word or can be something preposterous, usually a weird adjective to use over and over. But it's the guest's job to work that word into the conversation as many times as possible between now and the end of the episode. It's your job as a listener to try and figure out what the word is and to tweet it to us at Podcast. You win absolutely nothing. It's just fun for the sake of stupid fun. Cassie has been given her secret word off the air before the show, so keep your ear out for what you think it might be during the episode. Mm-hmm. So, for starters, how are you? How it's It's been a while. How are things? I feel like I have 27 tabs open, but things are great. I love it when I'm busy, and I feel like I'm, I'm thriving because I'm getting to create my busy. That's like a, a, a kind of a millennial expression there. So what you're saying is you got, I'm trying to think, I'm spinning a lot of plates. Is that like the... I'm wearing a lot of different hats right now. <laughs> and, I'm, I, you know, and moving across country away from everything that I knew before me at the same time, you know, stepping into a whole new world here in Nashville. I was going to say, so where are you today? You're obviously in Nashville then, right? Yep. I'm in and ha- heart of Music City. How long have you been there now? So I've been here for three months now. And my first month here was, I kind of don't even count it, even though a lot of stuff happened, but I didn't actually have my stuff. (laughs) Like I was on an air mattress. I feel like everybody has to have that true, like, um, that hard story when they moved to Nashville, whether they have like 10 roommates or like roaches or whatever. (laughs) I was like living on an air mattress in an empty apartment 
you know, I didn't, I've never moved before like this. I've, I've just done that, like the friends way. I've never moved across country. So having to, you know, book the moving company and I didn't want to inconvenience my family. So I, of course, just booked it and it showed up a month later due to, um, I, I put air tags in my boxes that I do recommend that to people who are traveling with their luggage or any kind of suitcase. If you want to really know, because I was like, why is my stuff on the side of the highway in New Mexico for a week? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the moving, the moving truck got in a 20 car pileup in New Mexico. What? And I'm telling you, people lost their lives in this, uh, accident. And the the trucking company they lost two drivers out of it so oh um, yeah it was like i cried over it like getting my stuff i like saged it and blessed it because i was like i don't know it, it, so here's what happened that they call they call me they send me a picture and they're i've never it almost looks fake because it's so bad chris like the the truck the trailer is split in half just cracked you know and um, it hit black ice in New Mexico. And again, like I said, it was, and so he calls me, he goes, I- I'm just going to be straight up with you. He's like, there was a 20 car pileup. Uh, the driver broke his neck and the passenger broke his leg and they may have to amputate it. He's like, they're out of commission for work uh, for uh. us forever. So they had to find new workers to get it from from that point. So I'm saying they had it in storage in New Mexico, like off the highway for for a long time, just because of that terrible tragedy. But um yeah, it finally got here. And that's when I feel like my life started. However, I did do a really cool writer's round when I first got here and I didn't have any of my stuff. So I didn't get to, you know, be myself and dress up and have fun with it. I was like, the stuff I brought was in my suitcase of like, unpa- I brought like sweats and like, you know, t- t-shirts that you would wear to unpack your stuff and ruin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I didn't have my life together, I felt like. So finally, when I got my stuff, um, I felt like it it came together quicker, but I feel like uh, I mean that's I, I don't even I really don't know how to. <laughs> I was <laughs> that, like, is this a sign? Did I make the right choice? Is this no kidding? <laughs> but, but, but I have an even better story from actually just saying that life happens. Like I said, like I was that's a terrible, sad tragedy that happened. But I did this writers round, and it was my basically first couple nights in town. And a lot of the headliners, a lady wrote a lot of Jason Aldean hits and another guy wrote for Brett Young and just like songs that are just currently popping on the radio that are. So that was just a really cool experience. Then I see a kid playing this guitar with no sound hole. I run up to the stage and I made friends with this 75 year old security guard. I don't know. And I'm like, what kind of guitar is this? He's like, oh, that's a Chet Atkins. They don't make them anymore. It's a Gibson guitar. They quit making them in the 90s. So I get on this used guitar website. So I find a beautiful one that's like in Australia. I just put it in my favorites, but it was like a $4,000 situation that I, I'm i not in that situation to just, Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Buy that guitar. But it it's like I put it on my, my vision board, if you will. And um, cut to me sharing it on my Instagram to me getting this random um, message on Instagram saying, hey, um, I heard about your moving journey. I heard it was an absolute like nightmare. And I just want to let you know, like, keep believing in yourself, keep chasing your dreams. And this amazing, I don't even know what we call this present fairy, angel fairy (laughs) to like, dream fairy to keep going um bought me this guitar holy smokes direct 
overnighted it. I mean, it came from Australia, went to him and he said he had this very endearing story. You know, obviously he wanted to give me a piece of hope, which I desperately needed at that moment to just be frank with you. (laughs) Um, And he told me he recently had lost his wife to cancer and one of the experience, one of the best experiences that his wife had with their children was going to Nashville and getting to see the local artists chase their dreams and on those stages. So it was, it was amazing. Oh shit, Cassie, why don't we, uh, we talk about something, (laughs) I don't know, something exciting or upbeat. (laughs) Good Lord. What are you, you're talking about people dying in multi-car crashes and now people. No, but it's like so endearing because it's like, they get to be a part of my journey too, because it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like there's a lot of judgment and you've known me for a long time from being on the radio and all, all the stuff I did from being an intern to being a on-air personality. I mean, I really cut my teeth in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I was, uh, I mean, for starters, I don't discount the, it sounds, all of this sounds like, you know, when you watch like, uh, know american idol or any other like finding the next big musician story everybody has that story and you know once the you know they cut to the b-roll of their life back at home you're about to get a real sob story this is exactly (laughs) like are you crying because i'm crying already no i'm just kidding that's exactly what (sighs) your whole harrowing journey to nashville has been so if you do end up on any of those things, you're, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have your own segment for sure, because you've got all the, the goods uh, well, to make it compelling television, <laughs> to say the least. I'm trying to just start my own show. Okay. My favorite show to watch over and over is Sex in the City. Carrie Bradshaw with the fashion, the shoes, the love life, the journaling, the writing. I want that, but Nashville status. So that's why I created New Girl in Nashville. See, I think that that could be... Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because when I first saw the podcast, that's kind of what I was... That's the sort of the vibe. Although, admittedly, I did not watch Sex in the City. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. But I'm also the guy that can't go back I see. and watch something. Once I missed that bus, I missed that oh, bus. Oh, really? Yeah, like wow. uh, there's a ton of those shows that I've... Uh, oh, yeah. I, the Office. I didn't watch The Office until just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but you're glad you did, right? Well, I am, but I'm not, you know. Yeah. I don't know. You're that like, I kind of. Mm-hmm. Sex in the city is necessarily my jam. I, uh, well, what I like about it is it goes through so many different types of relate, like guys in dating scenarios that are freaking awkward. And we're like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? You're like, I've had that. Or it's kind of like, okay, so I'm not the only one. <laughs> How do you, so now that you're in Nashville and obviously the, the move there is all about being all in on music and solely focused on music. How are you finding, and granted you've only been there three months, but how are you finding the pressure of like creating new stuff and kind of meeting those expectations of yourself, not only as a writer, but are you getting out and you're finding area, you know, your favorite spots to perform and how's all of it been going? I'm, I did a writer's round last night actually at winners and winners, I'd winners and losers is probably the most popular spot for a writer's round. Although this one was a different night. The most popular writer's round in town is Whiskey Jam. And that's every Monday and every Thursday. Um, and it it's definitely an industry thing. And here's the thing about writer's rounds that nobody tells you that I found out, you know, after gigging for 10 years and actually like making the jump. I did not know this until recently, but 
I mean, they don't, it's a pay to play thing. You have to pay your band as, as the front person Mm. and you don't get paid. You're just hoping that somebody walks in that bar that night and talks about you, you know? But that's common though, right? That's, that's how it happens in Nashville in particular. (gasps) Well, here's the thing. There's so much judgment. So where you play gigs and make money is a street called Broadway. So if you play Broadway and everyone will tell you this, I've been a Nashville recording artist for uh, at least five years. But when I started recording, they said, whatever you do, just don't play Broadway. And it's like, why? It's like, as soon as you play Broadway and that's where you make money, AKA where you could afford to pay your band to do a whiskey jam type of situation. They say, if you play Broadway right away and you're singing covers and blah, 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 you're automatically marked as like cover artist. You're never going to be really? original. Uh-huh. It's, it's a stigma in town. Everybody knows it. That's another thing I didn't know. So I'm like, okay, there's all these little known quote unquote politics that if you're known for a Broadway singer, you're not going to have your own brand or no record label or publisher is going to take you seriously. We're like, well, okay, well, if you're a serious musician and you've been doing this your whole life, uh, and you're telling me I can't play the gigs that pay the money. How am I going to make money? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so twisted. Um, so I, I just, I, at this point in my life, I don't believe I, I, for, first of all, people pleasing and stuff like that. It, 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 I'm not into that anymore. I'm dropping that. So that doesn't agree with me with the industry either. So I'm doing whatever I feel called to whether that's Broadway or anything else. I've been to Nashville. In fact, before you moved to Nashville, I remember telling you at one point over the years, Nashville is, you got to check Nashville out as a mm-hmm. place. So when it, when I saw that you were moving there, I thought right on because I just, you have a kind of a Nashville vibe. Not that you're necessarily like a country artist, but people don't realize Nashville is not exclusively a country town. Oh, especially not anymore. It, um, it is It is a music town to be sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, uh, what is, it's kind of that alternative punk pops coming back and there's all these like emo nights here um, that are really popular. And last night, you know, after, I will say like, I kind of stick out at these writer's rounds. I do not sound like a country artist. I look like a country artist, but um, the feedback I'm getting when I get off stage is you're a blues artist. Yeah, you're- I could totally see that. That is, that's a good characterization. I would think of, of, uh, your overall vibe. That's why I'm, I feel so awkward, kind of not awkward afterwards, but I'm like, I sound so much different than these people. You know what I mean? Just like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's just like, it's a different genre. I'm like, ah, that's what it is. Kind of shifting gears a little bit more just into the music side of things outside of Nashville specifically. What do you make of... Um, because a lot of your stuff, like you've, you know, like most artists, you got a SoundCloud, you got stuff on Spotify, you got all of those things. What do you make of all the various online platforms for sharing music? And the reason I say that is because like back in the day, you had to get a record deal, get on the radio and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But so many people now have been discovered on TikTok these days. I was going to say, unfortunately, it's friggin' TikTok. Yeah. Do you think it makes it harder now with so much more competition that anybody essentially can put music out there? Or is it easier because now you don't have to stand on a record company's doorstep with like a cassette tape anymore? Can you stand, how can you stand out about, uh, stand out above all the people, all the other people that are singing online? Um, I think it's, I think it's just cooler that you have the power to go to a distro kid and be 
release no pay them whatever fee it is and they're gonna distribute your music for you and then it's up to you to be the marketing so you're like so what is a label again a label is a bank that that loans you money that you actually have to pay back and you better believe they're getting the interest too so it's like um i think it's cool i think it's really cool that you can get discovered um on TikTok, although I I think people are finding that these people that are kind of getting discovered at a very early stage in their career, they don't right. know what they're they don't have the the musician or you know the experience to handle it handle the career. Which I mean, I've gone through so many different phases that even at my age now, I'm like I wouldn't have been ready for this. Uh, I I always wonder because like how come I see so many people performing online. So to some degrees, you included in some ways where you're listening or you're watching a video or whatever, and you think, man, this person is so talented, but you have no idea who they are, never heard any other stuff before. Uh, like, are there really that many talented people? There's a, in fact, there's a, truly, there's a girl, there's a video that always pops up in my, I, I'll tell you one thing I hate about social media is when people do like reaction videos, like they oh, share yeah. somebody's video, but then it's split screen with somebody uh-huh. else saying like just watching. <laughs> and there's one that pops up all the time and it's a girl, I don't even know her name. And she's sitting on the floor, like drinking cranberry juice, singing a Fleetwood Mac song. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like I said, I don't know her. You've probably seen it, I'm sure. But I don't know who she is, but she's stupid talented. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. why is this girl, why is her thing, these reaction videos, when clearly she's got some ability, like, where are these people coming from? I, I will say, being in Nashville, I will. there are that many talented people. But I will also, people in Nashville, they're so much nicer. And they really bring out the uniqueness in everybody. They're, no voice is the same. And I think the competitiveness is not as, although you know, we're all competing, but I think we're all just knowing what we had to do, putting one foot in front of the other, the steps taken we had to take to get here, that there's a mutual respect. And then if you're truly an artist, judging another artist's voice and not with love and endearment, then it's like everyone has their own luminous way that they shine, you know, and bring, and and everybody shines. So no matter what it is, I always look for the good in somebody. I'm not trying to pick anyone apart. So I think it's just, I have a much brighter lens and and a happier perspective with everybody around me with that point of view. With that being said, I mean, have you found, is it easy, not a, maybe the easy is the wrong word, but is it, um, do those mentorship opportunities present themselves to you? Like, do you find people that kind of casually take you under their wing and show you the really well they here's the what's crazy about me is i i'm finally in a space i'm in a healing journey a space in my life i hope i always continue to heal but uh it's becoming aware of my walls that i've built too i've noticed here how i just i've been in this like masculine boss woman mentality for a while being a band leader and doing all the steps i needed to do to get to this stage, I, I almost felt like it was, um, a sign of weakness, letting someone help me and asking yeah. for help. And it, especially in Nash or in Arizona where, um, the opportunities are much fewer between of people that you would even ask or want to ask. Cause 
you know, you don't want to ask someone advice that <laughs> that's not doing what you're doing, come knowing what you had to get to get there. So when getting Nashville there, it's um, letting down my walls to allow people to help me because they want to help me and and especially the like mindedness. But it's like it's a journey for me to um, receive being in receiving mode because I, mm. I've been in the opposite for so long. Do you find yourself to be kind of an optimistic? I mean, it's tough when your current chapter starts out with your couch splattered across a road in New Mexico. <laughs> but as things kind of bounced back and you got on track, do you find yourself being optimistic that this is the path, that this is where you're supposed to be and this is going to lead to the, oh, yeah. the whatever it is you've always dreamed of? I think so. I was so comfortable. In Ari- and I'm, I'm an Arizona girl and a Montana girl forever. And my family's still there, both in both states. But this journey for me, it's just helping me be my most authentic self. And I think that's like going back to being a child. I, th- I think optimist, I'm more of like a spiritualist. I think everything has a purpose. Right. I have this, you know, kind of luminous personality. I wrote this song called Living on Light that I never released, but I think I'm going to release it this summer. And it's about just the songs about doing what's right in your heart, no matter what, and knowing that life's going to work out as long as you have good intentions in your heart. Um, and I do. And I think that this is scary, but um, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, I know that's where most growth has ever come in my life. And I, I'm always asking to be aligned on my highest timeline and how can I not only improve my life, but help others around me and be an inspiration to those. Because at the end of the day, these songs that I'm writing, I'm trying to connect with people. Sure. And it's not even about them. I'm not trying to be quote unquote famous because that's the side effect, (laughs) the fame and all that. That's the side effect of Uh. the dream, which is connection. That's kind of profound. It's like uh, when you said, I'm not trying to be, I was like, who's she not trying to be? And then I was like, Bob Dylan. She's not trying to be Bob (laughs) (laughs) Dylan. I was like trying to jump to an artist in my head and I totally missed the mark on that one. But um, One of the things, being a singer songwriter, obviously, unless you're independently wealthy, you got to pay the bills and you're mm-hmm. uh, while you're getting paid, kind of not really. Like you said, you're paying everybody else yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you always have a bunch of different side projects ongoing, whether modeling you've done, you've been, you did like some projects, I think with your dad, right? Like, uh, was it, it was like a nicotine toothpick at one point. Oh yeah. 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 Smart toothpicks. I help him out with social media and stuff. My dad has a B12 toothpicks and nicotine toothpicks for people to quit smoking, which are, flavored like cinnamon peppermint wintergreen um and then the b12s are like lemon lime he has like some cotton mouth toothpicks that they're pretty cool it's kind of kind of a hip way to do it yeah yeah my i love marketing and social media and as you know there's there's a new platform every other day you know what i mean it's like that we have to learn and um be proficient in as you somewhat transition to that one of those things So as we part of the theme of the podcast, obviously being a quote worldwide celeb uh, is meaning somebody who's known for things that they do using the Internet, either social media, YouTube, whatever. But one of the things that obviously keeps coming up and I'll just go right for it is only fans. And that's something that you've dabbled Mm -hmm. in as well. How has that experience been? You know, it actually started with Patreon back when the pandemic hit. So I was your 
I, I hit that breaking point too, which I think everybody hit the breaking point during the pandemic where we were probably all just working too much. Like right. I was doing double, double gigs every Friday, Saturday. So it was just too much. Pre-pandemic, you mean? Pre-pandemic, I gigged for every dollar I ever made and it was never enough. No, how, no matter how many doubles or right. tips I got that night, I'm still just barely getting by, you know? So cut to, I'll never forget it, my last gig on St. Patrick's Day where the apocalypse hit and everyone's like running for like shutting everything down. I'm just <laughs> laughing, like thinking about it. I just remember playing outside, just like strumming, like shaking my head like, God. Uh, the but, world is over. Yeah, yeah. They're like, this is it. Here we are. Y2K. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, okay. So back to, I started Patreon, which I'm like, you know, I'm getting a lot of likes on my bikini photos. Why don't I just monetize my bikini <laughs> content and take anything that's quote unquote sexy on Instagram and just monetize it. So I did, I had a subscription fee on Patreon. I'm like, if you want to subscribe to my Patreon, then um, to see more sexy content, clearly if I'm looking at the numbers on my Instagram, that's what you like. So I'm not gonna shove it down your throat, but people did, they subscribed. And I was like, holy cow, I had it, all of a sudden I had this residual income that allowed me to drop a couple gigs that didn't, you know, well, obviously in the pandemic, there was no gigging at all except online. Right, right. Um, and then I started doing neighborhood block parties. I would get neighborhoods. I've always just been this kind of little opportunist. <laughs> but we, well, that's kind of that's kind of what OnlyFans is, is it's yeah. for opportunists in a lot of ways. Truly. I, I always say and like I had, I said to you, I think in a message earlier, I said, I am a firm believer of if you got it, flaunt it like and and. You know, it's not forever. It's it's for a time. I, I actually one of my favorite shows is Shit's Creek. Did you ever watch it? Yeah. So yeah, a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Moira, she's like her one of her biggest regrets was not having a you know more sexy content. She's like trying to get uh, some publicity for a new movie she's releasing, and she's like, I've got to have a nude photo of myself somewhere. And she's <laughs> like, surely I do. And she's like telling her daughter, she's like, promise me you'll take a picture of yourself naked in case. You, she's like, you're old, you'll look back and you're just, you don't even remember what you had, <laughs> you know? And so I, I truly, I'm this kind of hippie girl. I, I'm, a, I'm a hippie who showers. I will be, <laughs> I'm a hippie who showers, okay? I, but I mean, um, so OnlyFans started in December. So I had an alcohol endorsement. So this company I was working for and I was doing sales and then I never got paid. And I, I, I was always planning on moving to Nashville. So I had to make this trip happen and December came and they were short a lot of money, not even a little, like they owed me a lot of money. So I, I'm like, all right, I started OnlyFans and it was also something that I was very much okay with that I, I had already started it on Patreon before. So I'm just like, I checked out the platform. Here's the big deal with OnlyFans. It has the stigma because people can do quote unquote right. porn or types of that uh, interaction on that site. But it is a straight up better built site than Patreon. It makes Patreon looks like MySpace. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Compared to Instagram. So you're like, okay, like the way you, like just the way the website's built, it's not great. It's just, whereas on OnlyFans, you can do the live streams. There's all these functionalities that like, it's just a smarter built, better functioning site. But Patreon's like for artists, so it was okay. Uh, so I stuck with Patreon before 
I just, I switched to OnlyFans in December. And then of course my social media continues to grow. Everything continues to grow, grow, grow. <laughs> um, there's all these politics. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do OnlyFans because people won't want to what listen to my music. I, I don't know. What is all this I, about? Like, you know, I, I don't, I guess while I get the stigma about it, when you hear the term OnlyFans, you automatically think porn. But I, I've come across a lot of people like you that are not necessarily creating porn. Right. Y you might be creating, maybe call it risque content. Risque. I, I and the th it's like, is it bad to like risque content? Like, no. I, I like the old school Playboy Hollywood type glam stuff. I'll tell you, we, we, I have a, where I live, where I got this group that's like a golf cart group which sounds real nerdy, I know, but it's actually really very cool. And we do all these events and all this other stuff. So I've got the Instagram account on my phone. And one of the accounts that we follow is a local photographer that did some work for us. And she also on the side has like a boudoir kind of a photography mm, business. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff that pops up in our feed based on some of the things that she posts that are on Instagram are plenty oh yeah, sexy, naked, risque, whatever, but it's all really classy. And I think mm -hmm. that- there's a way that you can do that. And if you right. got the goods and people are going to pay for it, then why the hell not? Not only that, but like if okay, I'm, I'm, I'm truly an entrepreneur at heart, like at the core of it, I'm an, I've always been an entrepreneur and a musician is a branch of that. But so is a model and so is a marketing. And so is this era of OnlyFans. I think it's cool. It's not forever. I'm not going to be this young or have this like Moira Royce like Moira said you know I'm not gonna have my body forever and what it is right now and I like it and I, it's like I'm not shoving it down your throat but if that's what you're showing me statistically I have like 26,000 likes on one of my photos that's just of cleavage not just of cleavage but like <laughs> that's obviously the the main attraction to this photo yeah. so I'm like okay what if what if every like was a dollar let me looking yeah, this right. into entrepreneurship. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, at this point, I'm just kind of taking what I'm going with the flow and I'm stepping into my feminine and I'm, 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 I'm not really calling the shots. I'm just going with the flow and allowing life to give me an olive branch every, every once in a while. And I'll, I'll just take it. I well, don't know. I believe the expression there is you go girl, pretty much. You go sister. What uh, what else? What are you still interested in doing? You haven't done, or at least tried, like either professionally, personally, or anything. What intrigues you? Oh, that's a great question. So I, I mean, I finally feel like I'm like really in. Like I said, I'm more present than I've ever been because I'm like I'm truly living my dream right now. That I've yeah. I've always wondered what it would be like and if I would ever have enough guts to chase my dream or see what Nashville is about. And I'm not saying it's forever. Um, I don't know where I'll be in five years. Although I'm trying to look at my five year plan, and I'm like do I want to have kids? Do I want a family? And, yeah. and like, cause honestly, as a Montana girl, I always thought I was going to be married with two kids, a boy and a girl, just like my mom. By the time I was like 25, small town stuff. Absolutely. And so I, I have started dreaming recently cause I love Nashville's so green and it's, I've been in the desert for so long mm. that it's so nice to be around all this green. And I really love animals and consider myself a bit of a animal whisperer. And, um, I just want to be on a farm with like a miniature pony, some some chickens, some cows. <laughs> you know, I think like, that would make me really happy if I'm really like trying to like cartoon draw my dream. I'm like, I don't know if although kids could be part of it. 
Although I just I like animals right now. So, so part of the part of the con, uh, concept of the podcast is honestly just getting to know you, the person behind the the the, the cleavage that has twenty six thousand mm-hmm. likes. So this is kind of a segue to that. How conscious of you? Uh, how conscious are you of your content as you navigate your normal daily life? Like, does anything ever happen when you're out and about? You're at the grocery store, or you're walking in the back door of yeah. some place, and you you go, "This is something I got to turn into something on social media." Or, or in your case, how often does inspiration for songwriting come from moments like that in your day? Well, that's exactly what's happening right now. So, for a New Girl in Nashville, my podcast segment, okay. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I straight up am a hermit. Like I gigged every night and I'm, I was always out on a stage somewhere. So it looked like I was like super social, but I have three friends and two of them are my mom and dad. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> and they're required by law to be your yeah, friend, right? It, absolutely. They're not even really nice to me most of the time. No, I'm just kidding. They are. Um, but they're just so real. They're real with me. But so I, and I just never had a desire to date, which is freaking weird, but uh, I I felt like always desired because of my job and I, I got my fix of all that for whatever reason um, doing what I do. So cut to my new girl Nashville sex in the city era dating era. I was somebody sent me a message randomly uh, this. He's actually a really big songwriter and he sent me a message and he's like, meet me if you want for dinner. And then at that dinner, I kind of decided, oh, my God this should be my podcast content where I let the audience vote who the guy is. So I started nicknaming the guys. I, so I could, I basically created my own bachelorette so I could date a bunch of guys all at once. And then I'm, keep in mind of not, I've never even dated. So I think it's a good idea to to come into this Bible belt town and date everyone at once. Like who does she think she is? This new girl in Nashville. And I'm getting to know different restaurants from like people in Nashville that have been in Nashville for a while. And the content is thriving here, but um, I also, yeah, the, the dating thing is 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 interesting. And I thought <laughs> I'm making new conclusions every day. I'm like, I thought I could do it. I thought, yeah. I, could, <laughs> I thought I could date multiple people at once, but you know, then people are starting to get jealous. Or uh, yeah, I only I did, I did that. I dabbled in that a time or two in my younger days, and it was way more trouble than it was worth. But it's funny because I'm kind of getting to just truly know people and their true motives behind. I'm kind of just testing people because I'm I'm just wanting to connect and get to know people. But um, all the different kinds of daters and I use astrology in my nicknames because that's so me. I'm a little bit witchy like that. <laughs> so uh, I have the singer songwriter cancer cutie and uh, the punk prep Libra uh. right now um, in my dating in my dating circle your, in your pool in my pool <laughs> and so i gotta make some we gotta make some cuts soon and like decide you know i'm like i'm play. i'm figuring this all out as i go i don't have a rule book but i'm also we're talking about it on the podcast and like i we have uh joel who's uh actually my neighbor it's so cool he's the producer of the show and my best friend laura who's also from arizona who's a singer songwriter and so they're like talking about you know what I'm doing they're like damn you know Cassie's brave for doing this they're like would you do, would you go on a date with like if you were doing that and they're we're all like no yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean we're I wouldn't do it so I'm like it's it's funny and um 
but because I am such a hermit and because I like, I really thrive off of working and getting to do that stuff. So new girl in Nashville is really the only way you get to hang out with me is if you're, (laughs) if you're part of the experiment. Okay. (laughs) And I'll say too, for what it's worth, I don't, it's funny to think of you as a hermit because knowing you, you're very down to earth and easygoing, not somebody that you would expect to sit at home with the cats and avoid public. But sadly, it's funny because like, we're going to start recording our car conversations too. Cause I put on this outfit again, I put it on Instagram and I had like orange boots and this cute orange top. So many people sent me a message. They're like, Oh my God, where's the party at? Like what's going on tonight? What are you doing? And I just took a photo of it. I was just trying on outfits in my closet and I went to bed and, and Laura's like, I wonder if, if people know that you like just go to bed after you put those cute little outfits on. <laughs> you know, and it's funny you mentioned that because I, whenever I see any, it, it always looks like you're out doing something because who who dresses like that to make ramen noodles in their kitchen and, yeah, you know, exactly. binge Netflix. Oh yeah, I'll slap a spray tan on and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to wear this one day. Take a, take a photo. Everyone's like, what happened last night? Because that outfit, I was like, oh, I straight up just put a, I just making sure if it was cute for when I'm, when something really does happen, a, you know, ate a pint of Hagen dazs and watched <laughs> Sex in the City. And well, I will yeah. say oh, the Uber Eats thing is crushing me here. I didn't have the Arizona so spread out. So I never use like oh, Postmates true. or Uber Eats. But oh, my God, the luxury of just opening your door to groceries and yeah. food. That I will say we, we you mentioned earlier something about pandemic times. Mm-hmm. If any one good thing came from pandemic times, it's that restaurants, grocery stores, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, finally figured out delivery and yeah. takeout and all of that is so much easier now than it used to be pre-COVID. What a nice option. And like, how many more jobs did we just create for that? Exact, you know, yeah, just, true. it's so cool that that's an, just an, an option for people, for a lot of moms do it with their kids, you know? So I, the- I, yeah, I've seen that actually. Moms cruising through the grocery store with their kids and very clearly, you know, shopping for somebody else. So kind of a a lightning round here. I ask everyone these next few questions. Um, So like quick answers on these. What is your worst bad habit? I think for me, uh, we call it ADHD. Some people call it ADHD. Some people call it procrastination. I think that to me bothers me more than anything because I I have this like inside time clicker and I do it. I procrastinate sometimes. So that's a bad habit. What uh, do you have any guilty pleasures like binging a certain TV show or something you can't do without? Maybe nobody would know you're into. I like smoking pot, <laughs> but OK, maybe nobody would know you're into that or nobody knows. Oh, no one really? assumes. I mean, I've, I've just now like. Honestly, literally me moving to Nashville, I'm like, I'm going to quit being so damn perfect in the sense of like, I'm going to start showcasing who I really am. And like my friends who know me, they know I smoke weed and I don't drink. Well, that's but, fair. And I think that's a that's a good compromise for what it's worth. It's not like it's it's talk about the removal of stigmas if anything. Correct. That's kind of one of those things. And I for what it's worth, like I always have all this crazy anxiety and even my wife the other day was like, "Go out and get some weed." God. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm taking edibles that. or whatever. Yeah. There's just see even, you know, the CBD is great. And I've been with with that um Arizona I have my medical marijuana card so I was able to try a lot of different stuff and it is again my my journey in life is healing and bringing me to my highest timeline and not people pleasing it's it's all about the soul's journey back to self you know 
What uh, what is a hobby you have that might surprise people who know you or fans of yours or whatever? Hobby that might surprise? Well, <laughs> aside from smoking weed, <laughs> I don't know I, I'm that like that... I don't just smoke weed. Uh, I'm like I like to smoke weed and get creative. You know, whatever that may be. <laughs> if we're making jewelry, are we painting? Are we creating? Um, are we go? Also, guilty pleasure. I will admit, I'm a shopper. We got a shopping problem. Like we got a shopping problem over here. Like an online mall treats, small treats, Target, Trader oh, Joe's. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Do you have any celebrities who follow you anywhere online? And what celebrities do you follow? Uh, you know, it's kind of weird because, like, yes. What is a celebrity? The blue check mark? Someone with over hundred thousand. They took those like, away, I think, didn't they? Or aren't yeah, they? Yeah. So now it's like. It's funny because I feel like I have a lot of celebrity friends, especially from radio days, right, you know, right. just just being friendly. But I'm not like a I'll be I'm not I'm a hermit and I only talk to three people. So if like they're actively reaching out to me or asking me to do an event, then cool. If not, when we, we run into each other and we have a friendly catch up. Cool. But um, there again, I'm like kind of approaching 100K. So I've I've grown to um, have a more celebrities follow me than I'm actually even aware of. And wh who do you follow that you're like, wow, they do some good stuff or just somebody that you, I, I hate to say like fangirl or whatever, but who are some of those? I think I even have some of those celebrities I follow that I fangirl. I don't want to, ah, God, like, uh, like Kristen Bell and, uh, Dax, mm. uh, Dax Shepard are too like, Oh yeah. They just seem like so authentically fun. And I know I'm just falling for more, social media bullshit but yeah they genuinely seem like people that i appreciate following them i feel like they they live a dynamic that we aspire to around here couple goals yeah i do say couple goals with them i i'm like i swear i follow them too but i haven't seen their stuff lately i follow a lot of like um spiritual accounts like you know with uh i'm in my gym and i my birthday's coming up and so I always laugh at like those little Gemini puns um, and those mean those meme pages are pretty funny. I think my favorite one is um, openly gay animals. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, That's my favorite account to follow. It just I, I, I'm an animal person and I, I just that is one hella funny account. There's an account with uh, that I, I I need to find some contact info for and I haven't found it yet to get him on this podcast. Actually, it's like two dads that sit on a dock in Canada and just tell dad jokes to each other. Like, <laughs> like in conversation, like as a pun and the, they're so deadpan in their delivery. It's just hilarious and every time they put a new one out, it cracks me up. Um, to finish up, uh, mostly because in my world in Florida, there is a giant thunderstorm moving in off the Gulf and I foresee losing power in the next few oh, minutes. Yeah. Every, yep. Everybody has um, some go-to wisdom they whip out from time to time, whether professionally or personally. Like uh, for me, for example, uh, the example I always give is parent. whenever there's new parents, they're like, hey, what's your, you know, what's your best advice as a, as a dad or whatever? And I always say, it's to not follow any anyone's advice because everybody is different and whatever. Yeah. And I feel like that's my sage advice that I give. So what's the most sage advice you've ever been given that you feel would be good to share with others on any topic whatsoever? Like what's your main credo in life? I mean, for me, I think what I am really in, I can relate to right now and everyone around me is 
kind of what your credo is, which, but I, to me, I just say it differently. And um, it's, you got to kill the people pleaser in you. Yeah. You have to go and be to what's authentic. If you're asking, should I, it's like, ask yourself, don't ask others. Is it true to you? Do you like it? Is it beautiful to you? And I have to do this every day and it's such a daily reminder, but it's also helping bring the best version forward because it's the the most authentic version. And I think everyone wants to know that person within themselves and they'll never get to know that person when they're the people pleaser. Yeah, that's a good way to finish. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed catching up with you. It's been a ton of fun. It's been a ton of fun, Chris. Thanks so much for reaching out. My thanks to Cassie Jade for the conversation, and we wish her all the best on her Nashville journey. You can find her and her music anywhere online at Cassie Jade. That's K-A-S-S-I-J-A-Y-D-E. And thank you for listening. Catch you next time on Worldwide Celeb. Be sure to like or follow at WW Celeb Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you like the show, please leave a positive review and subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes when they're released. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, Worldwide Celeb is a Wavecast studio production hosted and produced by Chris Kelly with production and promo support from Adriana Bottero and Justin Simkin. For booking information and more details about the podcast, visit WorldWideCelebPodcast.com. Oh.